There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I am your non-waving host, Nick. I uh, will be here to uh, fulfill all your needs and desires and possibly uh, keep you on track to not throw you out a window. But maybe we'll throw you out a window. I'm not sure. Um, we're once again here to talk about Sterling's famous TV series, uh, the one that he loves people to talk about and criticize and rate and subscribe and rank and all that good stuff. Before we actually begin, we are on audio feeds. Remember, if you subscribe to those audio feeds and you give us stars and then you give us money. Uh, we can give you more things and more life and we can become like, big, like big stars. <laughs> like and Jesse and Jesse James will not cut track your ass down. I know he'll, he'll only, actually it won't be Jesse James. It'll be Ann or not. Ann. uh, what's her face? The driver car, the woman who drives the car that I forgot. Oh, yeah. About. Yeah. Uh, Nan, Nan Adams. Yeah. Nan, Nan Adams will come back and haunt you. And then uh, tell you oh, no. to go back on track. Yeah. Oh, so, no. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Subscribe to us. Audio feeds. My YouTube channel. That's where all this stuff's at. Rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yay. But for, without further ado, we are back for another episode. Episode 85 of this podcast, as well as episode 85 of the of the uh, show. Uh, that is the Twilight Zone. Triv, Jacob, you guys know who you are. If you don't watch our stuff, you don't know who these people are. But they're Triv. They're Jacob. They're here. To do things, uh, I want my ginger ale, sons of bitches. Give it to me now. And all you're uh, getting yeah, is rut got whiskey. That's all you're Rutt getting. Got whiskey. Yeah. Who gave me this whiskey? It tastes like ass. You know uh, what? I'm uh, going to take the shine off your pants. Yep. What you are? <laughs> Am I a marshmallow too? Is that what you're yes. saying? Yes. Yes, you are. You son of a bitch. I, it's pretty funny he says that. it's like this episode we're going to talk about is it's highly comedic which is kind of a nice change of pace for the last few episodes that we've been talking about um i guess the hunt was pretty co- kind of comedic as well it was a lot a lot a lot, lot more light it was sweet that, that was sweet light-hearted. this is funny yeah I, yeah yeah i guess it is i i would say that the hunt is more more like tugs at your heartstrings this is just kind yeah. of more goofy funny is it it is it definitely is, but I feel like they couldn't make up their mind as if they wanted to be goofy because at times it was, and then at other times it was like it was trying to be serious, but still goofy. It ended up being more goofy than anything, and it was an enjoyable ish time. But like, I did 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 you feel like there was like like a a, a, a like they were tepid about going full uh, uh, unusual camera? <laughs> or I, I, I mean, think, it's I almost like they're winking. The... They're kind of winking at the camera a little bit because yeah. it's like, yeah. But it was never full on like unusual camera or uh mighty Casey. It was just kind of like we're gonna do a little bit of goofball stuff and then let's 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 be slightly more serious. Never full serious, but a little bit. So, I don't know. Yeah, I imagine too with what they were trying to do, like you couldn't have it go full goofy just with the never story full, that they were because the original the story that it's based off of was apparently very straightforward, like not a lot of com like no comedy in it, and that, that those were elements that were added with rod serling's uh teleplay 
And I mean, to be fair, you know, it's always been said that Rod, I mean, the show comes off very serious most of the time, but according to Rod Sterling's daughter and the people that they, that knew him, he was not a very serious guy. Like he was a very kind of like goofy, you know, play like very lighthearted individual who kind of loved life and stuff like that. And like the, the Twilight Zone itself was kind of a way for him to get a lot of his fears off his chest, I guess is the way yeah. to put it. But apparently he was a very funny dude. So it, it's surprising we don't see a lot more comedic stuff in the Twilight Zone. But I mean, when it was comedic, sometimes it just doesn't work in the series, yeah. as we've learned. Um, well, but, but think sometimes... about, too, just the way that um, like shows were back in the day. You either had super campy, goofy things like Batman 66 or you know like get smart or you had things that were very serious like you know not to say that that things like Gunsmoke and and other shows of the era didn't have funny moments but i think overall they were meant to be taken much more seriously so like that that i imagine goofy funny was more meant for like a kid audience or very specifically okay this is schlocky kind of a deal maybe that's me like generalizing too much but yes you generalize too much trip you and your corn generalize but anyway with that said um yeah i mean overall the episode is going to be an interesting one to talk about whether it truly is a great episode or not but with that said before we actually get into it uh the episode of course is uh season three episode 20 called showdown with rance mcgrew directed by chris nyby written by Rod sterling based off idea from frederick lewis fox uh, production code 4812, air date February 2nd, 1962. Is that a Groundhog's Day, February 2nd? Am I yes. thinking of that wrong? Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Phil. So Groundhog's Day. So yeah. Bucks yeah, Tony sure. Phil. Yeah, Bucks <laughs> Tony Phil. Uh, Bill Murray and his, uh, you know, sexy, sexy ways when he's like, you know, having sex with the women and eating all the foods and stuff like that. And I really he's sexy you know, and he knows it. <laughs> midlife crisis. Um. This is an episode that stars Larry Blyden, who you might remember from uh, Nice Place to Visit. He was, the, of course, the gangster guy that gets shot and killed. And um, Arch Johnson, Robert Cornwaith, and Robert J. Stevenson. So, yeah. So, this episode is an episode that I remembered as soon as it started, because I've seen this episode a bunch of times. But once again, like the title of the episode, you know, I remember the episode, but not the title. Um, Trev, you said you remember this episode? Um... Once it got into it, I didn't remember a ton about it, but I did remember it once once it got rolling. I didn't remember the ending so much, but um, yeah, generally I remembered it. Cool, cool. Jacob, how you doing tonight? Everything good? I'm good. <laughs> oh, so he gets asked how he is, and I get asked if I remember the episode. Thanks. Well, I mean, it'd be better priorities. than asking yeah, do you remember yeah, this episode. Yeah. Jacob goes, um, I remember an episode uh, last week uh, with The Hunt. But uh, I'm assuming now. you don't remember this episode. Yeah, you remember the episode now. But <laughs> I mean, no, like after watching it, like when you were watching it, did you remember like kind of where it was going or did you just kind of no with it? No, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I I'm just kidding. I, yeah, I, just kidding. I mean, the uh, one of the things might be because this episode shares a lot in common with a bunch of other episodes. Well, maybe not a bunch. There have been numerous other episodes within this show, especially that are similar in you know big the the big hook yeah that have had a similar thing the whole being one place and then in a shot changing to like a different place or a real version of what you're playing in and so no it wasn't very memorable for me 
Yeah, it's an episode that doesn't really have a twist to it. It's just an episode the guy gets his comeuppance. He's a douchebag, and he actually—it's almost like the guy came back from hell and now is an actor, and he uh, just doesn't realize his plight, and then gets you know, <laughs> you know, the devil comes back. It's like, yeah, you're back in hell again, you know that type of thing. But I don't know. What do you guys think of this episode? Like overall, like I mean, what's your take on it? I really enjoyed it. Like this is kind of, this kind of episode is right up my my street. Like I, I enjoy Goofy, and I I there was a lot of slapsticky stuff that I thought worked really well. It's not a perfect episode by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a lot of fun stuff. Right. I yeah. Thought, it's a. Uh... No, I was gonna say I, I I thought it was enjoyable. I don't think that this is by any means a top ten or anything like that, but it wasn't. It was lighthearted and kind of. I think it was better towards the end when it started to commit more to the 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 the, the goofiness when it kind of right. like started com- fully commit. Like I mentioned, my biggest takeaway right out the gate is that it's like a has a very similar setup to a lot of other Twilight Zone episodes. Um, or I say that maybe it's only a couple, but there have been other Twilight Zones with a similar setup. And uh, b it just didn't feel like they wanted to t- totally commit to it until closer to the end when they started getting goofy. Yeah, sure, he's got the thing where he breaks the glass and all that, and they're kind of like, and all that, but I mean, it's, I don't know, its tone seemed kind of odd to me until around the time when they, when he uh, when he switched to the other reality or whatever it is, that's when it kind of seemed like it started to really commit to the kind of, the jovial goofiness, like full time. Do you think that's do you think that's, um, a failing of Rossellian as a writer that he's not able to com- commit very well to comedy, or do you think that's uh, because it, it just seems like when he writes comedy, it almost feels like there's something missing, but when he goes serious, is when it feels like he has like his you know, his ability as a writer becomes pretty straightforward and pretty uh, well, well versed, I guess. Well, wouldn't well, you say I... that, like, to some extent, you know, the Twilight Zone was all about all of those different genres, and even if it's you know, not one strong suit. It's still, you know, honing as you go. Cause he wasn't really, cause he did theater, uh, stu- what was it before this playhouse 60 or 50 yeah, playhouse, uh, playhouse 90. I think playhouse it was 90. So he, I mean, it's yeah. not his first rodeo by any stretch, but I think at this point he was still kind of honing his craft too, to some extent. I think that they were trying to be funny and kind of goofy in spots, but it just didn't land as well. Honestly, yeah, I mean, some of it did. Some of it was funny, like the whole throwing through the the glass and all that, and those instances, and showing how much of a douchebag this guy is, and a little over the top. That was was funny, but then there were other things that just some of those down moments. I was talking about that. I, I felt like they were. I don't think they were trying to be more serious. I just don't think they were really landing the comedy as well until he well, until I, the switch, the halfway point when they switched over. I thought it, it it became much more enjoyable at that point for me. For me, the the first half was pretty strong, like the you know, like the window thing, and then you've got like the stuntman thing. And regarded, they could have got done. Yeah, that was good. Few, like there was, I agree with you that it wasn't a laugh riot a minute, but I don't think that's how they write comedy per se. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was bad or by any means. It's just it, it, it went from there's comedy and there's goofball comedy. I feel like the yeah. first part was more comedy, um, and the second part was a bit more goofball, like the whole thing where he's like but sitting I, there thing with his hat down. And he's like, hey, are you the sheriff? He's like, who? Oh, he went that way. <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> and like taking his gun out and like flipping it around and all that. It, it got a little bit more goofy at that point. And I did enjoy that. I like the comedy. Like you you, you did. You brought up the stuntman thing. I thought that was a really good gag. 
where he go to he'd be like, uh, stunt man, and then he'll show him <laughs> stunt man. That was that was fun. I thought that was funny. But, well, that's the thing about like sixties comedies. I've noticed it's very. Um, you look at like Lucy and Desi and stuff like that. There's there's like a physicality to the comic comedian, the comedian, the comedy than there is today. But today can be more of like wit than anything. And back in the day, it was like it almost feels like they had to make up for maybe they weren't felt like they weren't as funny. So they were doing like, you know, a horse ah. that could talk or I, I'm just saying like get smart. Get smart was a lot of I mean, Naked Gun, too, as well. I guess Naked Gun was the 70s. That was the 80s. Naked Gun was the 80s. You're thinking of uh Police, police squad. squad. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Police Naked squad. Yeah, yeah. That was a, was police squad in the 70s. Uh, uh, I think that was 80s. Was it the 80s too? I, I thought so. It was a short-lived show. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was only like five episodes or something like that. No, what the, my point is, I think there was a different um feel. Oh, 1982. I thought it was in the 70s. Oh, I anyways, I so, older than that too. Yeah, yeah, but no, I I think there was a more of a um. Uh, more of a um, point of making comedy more physical because it, f- it almost felt like they well, it almost felt at, like they didn't have look at where this where they came from though too even if you look at a lot of the folks that came up yeah, through you this, vaudeville and by stuff. the time right by the time you get there it was about physicality and it was about and i'm sure that like you know you look at 50s 60s they were still being greatly influenced by a lot of the silent you know slapstick that that they kind of were raised on it's like comedy well, no, is influenced by stuff that was in the eighties and the nineties. I feel like comedy is a little is like way different now than it used to be. Like I think oh, that's 100%. why some comedy in the sixties may not hit us in the twenty twenty three or twenty twenties because of just the nature of like how comedic uh, actors play. Because like you get something like a Judd Apatow film, which is all about you know the jokes and the the humor and stuff like that, the kind of wit humor. And then you look at something like, you know, um, uh, was it uh, David Zucker, Abrams films? They're all about gags. And then you well, look at like the 60s. Wicked, I mean, if you look at well, that, they're more about comedy and more about, yeah. like you say, gags. Nowadays, it's much more observational humor. Yeah. Observational yeah. humor tends to be a bit more. It tends for me, at least it tends to not uh, last the test of time as well. Yeah, I would agree. Well, it is it's very observing something of the time. Yeah, I I think one of the the best examples is uh, Walk Hard is a good example of like later comedy, more observational stuff. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I think I'd I'd say it's probably a bit more of an in-between for Walk Hard for me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that full on like what what was like a Judd Apatow flick. Yeah. Yeah. That's very observational. Um, I think Walk Hard had its its goofy kind of pseudo physical moments. More Saturday Night Live kind of like in between, in between the uh, the Zuckers to the uh, Jet Epitals of the the world. Yeah. Right. I to say, just a fan YouTuber over here. Who would? What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I would say, and maybe, and again, maybe just because I was I was brought up on a lot of that old school humor and such. I, I look at Mel this Brooks. and I yeah, well, Mel Brooks and everything that came before that, you know. I, I guess I laugh my ass off quite a lot at this. And I understand what you're saying, that it's got the goofy humor versus the kind of general humor. But as far as humor goes, yeah, there was points where it was kind of low key. But I feel like it knew when to strike and when it knew it knew when to pull its punch or, you know, to to hold back a bit. Um, sure. It's not perfect. Like I say, it's not perfect by any stretch. And there are some points where you go, ah, that's that's hilarious. But I mean, overall, I don't know. To, That's to be fair, I mean, it's it's almost kind of a takedown of uh, actors and actresses 
Oh, it's influencers in general. In general. I mean, you could you could yeah. point this at any era, whether you're talking, you know. <laughs> I uh, mean, you can say so you can look at today with uh whatever that guy was in New York. Uh, oh God, gonna date this. Yeah, when he caused a riot because he claimed he was going to give out free free Kai, stuff. Kai, whatever. Yeah, Kai, whatever his name is, and caused a riot. It's like, yeah, I mean, the same thing. It's like any actor or actress can be considered an influencer because you know they can cause all kinds of issues and they can be you know very dramatic and want things a specific way. And you know the director, as we see, and the the crew are very not of fans of Rance McGrew. And this is a very atypical thing for Hollywood because you always hear the stories like look at uh Christian Bale, for instance, and that famous uh audio tape that he had. Yeah. I mean you just you just never know with these people. So it just it shows you kind of the Come on Rance, baby, people... come on. Tell me what you need, baby. <laughs> that was awesome. And he's a ginger ale. Oh man. That Christian I Bale mean, thing, I think, is uh, misunderstood, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. People gave him a lot of shit about that, and I was like, I mean... Well, no, I know, but, like, the perception, like, the perception yeah, of this guy... All we is hear is this guy yelling. No, this dude's a douche, yeah. but the Christian Bale thing, I've always thought, you know, you guys are judging him just based on this one spot, but if you listen to what he's saying, he's got a job to do, and he's doing his job, and there's this person who's fucking up, making it to where he can't do his job and fucking his shit up. Right. And it apparently had been going on for a long time. And the guy who's in charge, the quote unquote manager, wasn't doing anything about it. So he lost his shit and was like, what the fuck? I'm trying to do my job and you're supposed to be taking care of this shit. You're not. Get the fuck out of the, you know. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he lost it, but we don't know how long was this going on, you know? And I mean, I kind of don't, I don't totally, I'm not totally against what he had to say there. Maybe I'm a dick. No, I mean, it's true. It's no, true. It's true. Um, well, it goes to show that that no matter what perceptions are, I mean, actors are human. You know, we all have our limits and you can't hold that smile forever. It's impossible. Well, he didn't oh, that day. no, no, definitely yeah. not. It reminds me of that. This is like something that happened, but there was a Wayne's World 2 uh, bit where they, they go to England and they get what's his face. And he talks about how like, uh, somebody wanted like just brown M and M's or something like that. And he made a whole like it was a whole joke, but it's based off of a true story about uh, some pop star, rock star, only oh, yeah, one like, a certain uh, color, the green M and M's. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I that's think what it feels like here. Based on that too. Oh, was there? I think so. But, uh, or something like that. But uh, but I mean, it's the same thing here. It's this guy. Okay, to start opening up to what this movie or this movie this episode is about, you think it's a western at first. Like, it's kind of funny how it feels like a Western, you know, they're like, you think there's going to be like a showdown with blah, blah, blah. And it's just dude comes in in a Cadillac with a antler or a steer horns on the, on the car. <laughs> antlers. <laughs> antlers. But, but like, I, I didn't, I couldn't remember what this episode was about. And then when it came in on the Cadillac or whatever car it is, Cadillac or whatever it is, I, I told Triv because you were busy, Jacob, doing whatever you're doing. I told Triv when we were watching this, I said, oh, I remember this episode because it's going to be the one where he goes back to the Old West. And um, I mean, this, this whole first part is just kind of showing how this guy is always late. He's never he's not a good person. He demands way too much. I mean, we see it like with the, the ginger ale and how he blames everybody when the bottle falls off the counter, you know, because he can't catch he's, it. And... He's the that Vin Diesel in this Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesse James is the rock. <laughs> right, right. Oh, fun and... thing about the car real quick. Yeah, uh, it was owned by a guy named Nudie Cohen. Nudie Cohen. <laughs> Nudie, yeah. Nudie Cohen. 
my next child that's funny <laughs> and he's, he's the famed designer of uh elvis presley to john wayne to roy rogers and more so whether no, that's so that, or so the or, antlers make sense now yes exactly <laughs> horn <laughs> he's horn he's he's nudie for the horns yeah um interesting see they get props from everywhere but I, I just i like the fact that like every time he tries to use his gun he just throws it into the mirror and you know the mirror breaks like four times so it's just like and then they're betting on how many times he's gonna break the mirror which <laughs> i thought was pretty funny yeah like the grip um, walks up and he's like hmm, pay up you lost <laughs> told you he's gonna break i somewhere. like the guy in the ra- <laughs> i like the guy in the rafters the lighting guy just reading the newspaper he's like he goes back and reading the newspaper. <laughs> what a dumbass! <laughs> Did you also see when they uh, when they went to give uh, um, uh, ranch? Uh, uh, what the hell's his name? You want to call him Rancid, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> ranch when McGrew. They, you want to call him Ranch McGrew? When he gives McGrew the gun, um, he like pulls it from underneath his assistant, and she kind of like goes, "Ooh!" It's like, "What the hell is that gun doing underneath that lady?" <laughs> oh, right. Keeping it oh, warm yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this is just played for laughs. You know, the the mirror breaking, the the fact the stuntman, as Jacob alluded to earlier, the fact that like <laughs> every time he's gonna do a punch, he's like stuntman, stuntman, and they pull the stuntman <laughs> in there, they stuntman it. The poor stuntman at the end of the all the all the like the homage, like the montage, he's just like beat up and like he's like, oh, and the rants is like, oh, you're doing good. He's like, uh, thank you. And he's like falling apart and shit, and you know, he's up <laughs> on the counter. He's like, yeah, hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag uh, uh, stunt the... men deserve Oscars. Or stunt people yes. deserve Oscars. But anyway. Uh but I like how he's up on the counter. He's like, stunt man. He just, just jumps off the counter. So it's pretty <laughs> funny. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about this kind of stuff? I mean, it, it's played for laughs, it's played for humor. It's very lighthearted. It's just a guy who is kind of a prima donna. Like when he tries to break the bottle, he like he eats a piece of the bottle. And he's like right in the middle oh, of the scene, God, he just so like funny. he goes in and out, he's like he pulls out the piece of the and then he pulls it out and he's like <laughs> <laughs> I did also um there's a line and I think it's in the first half but he's like I know that I think it was when they're talking about Jesse James uh shooting McGrew in the back he's like I know that you know that I know that they know that in that whole line I kind of yeah yeah it reminds, think- it reminds me of like when uh Will Ferrell did that Spanish movie it's just like the like strangeness of everything. I don't know. Well, yeah. um, yes. I segue to. I really liked how uh, Rod Serling's introduction here. Oh yeah, no, we were getting to that. I promise. Okay, I, promise. I <laughs> haven't forgotten. No, no, I, I was. I, just, I feel like I, we already passed it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I was just trying. Like, I was just trying to get into like the the nature of this. Yeah, uh... get into it. Get into it. It was a fantastic <laughs> introduction. I just wanted. I just want to give you prep time. I'm just giving Jacob prep time before he can. Uh-huh, I refuse. Sure. Yeah, I refuse to prep. Right. Um, Good man. To prep. Nor should you. Uh, I think anyways, Alex uh, might have. I think Alex might have some words for you in that respect. Especially <laughs> after this narration, I can't wait to. Jacob. Yeah, I've not yet read wait. this, but I heard it, and there were a few moments I was like, "What?" <laughs> just remember, pony baloney. Yeah, that was probably not the thing I'm most worried about. Okay, let's do this shit. Was oh, it the word penis? <laughs> Penis, yeah. So you know, <laughs> you just like randomly penis. add penis in here. I, I, I could some one hundred odd years ago, penis. A motley. <laughs> to be like a Mad Libs. <laughs> I don't need. I don't think I need to add anything else into this. Let's say, okay, here we go. Some one hundred odd years ago, a motley collection of tough mustaches gal- g- galloped across the West 
and left a raft of legends and ledger domains. And it seems a reasonable conjecture that if there are any television sets up in cowboy heaven and any one of those rough and wooly nail eaters could see with what careless abandon their names and exploits are being banded about, they're very likely turning over in their graves, or worse, getting out of them. Which gives you a clue as to the proceedings that will begin in just a moment when one Mr. Rance McGraw, a 3000 buck a week phony baloney, discovers that this week's current edition of Make Believe is going to be shot on location, and that location is the Twilight Zone. You know, 60 plus years ago, when he was writing this, you know, you know what he was saying to himself? One day, there's going to be a podcast with the three greatest people named Triv, Jacob, and Nick. And Jacob's going to go on there and read it. And it's going to be the most difficult read he's ever done. And I'm going to laugh from heaven. And then I'm going to haunt him, I'm going to haunt him for the rest of my life because he messed it up. That rough and woolly nail eater. <laughs> <laughs> Does he take the shine out of your pants? Gun. It's a shine uh, in my pants. Oh, Ooh. there you go. <laughs> that's a that's quite the diatribe of sexicon words and words. Period. Yeah. Do, do you feel like he knew some? Do you feel like he like you know with um escape clause like the way he described the main guy and that it was very vitriolic or very it had a lot of vitriol in it. Like it sounded like he was talking about someone he specifically knew. This kind of has that same sort of feel. Not quite as severe, I mean, but just in that realm. To be fair, like his di- his narration could be about a ton of actors he maybe he worked with in some form or capacity during the series yep. or before. And Hollywood I mean, loves to talk about Hollywood. Oh, very true. Exactly. And no one talks about Hollywood better than they do. Uh he and did actually No, I was gonna say if there's one thing that Rod could do perfectly is break down Hollywood <laughs> in oh, yeah. a pretty good fashion. So absolutely. He did actually do what was called, quote, an adult Western in 65, like in 1965, called The Loner. Oh, I thought it was called Planet of the Apes. No, it's called The Loner. I looked it no. up. He also did um, Planet of the Apes, but, you know, that was separate. He didn't do Planet of the Apes. He started on Planet he, of the Apes. Right. <laughs> That's what I said. He was the Planet of the Apes. Your he, face he is the Planet of the Apes. He left Planet of the Apes. It was mad, so he wrote a narration about Planet of the Apes called the I mean, Showdown of Rance McGrew. The ape is actually Charlton Heston. You were the original screenplay, right? Yeah, the yeah. Original some, screenplay he got pissed, was based more on the book, and then they changed it all. Right, he got oh. pissed off, I think. I think that's one of the things that was known about it. Like, somebody took over, and he was pissed about it. Well, they changed everything about it, pretty much, because they deemed it too expensive. Because of the original book, Planet of the Apes, it's not like they're these primitive like they're it's more yeah. uh, uh they're more sophisticated they have more technology right right you know w- you think fox should have um should have deemed uh tim burton's version too expensive and not made it it's probably been a good idea yep yeah <laughs> uh, one of the big Lord disappointments of 2000 i think it was 2000 for me yeah so excited <laughs> about that movie i think we all were. so bad yeah <laughs> It was a thing. There was only, the only thing good about that movie was Tim Roth. The only thing good, the only thing I liked about that movie was Tim Roth's character. You didn't like Marky guy. Mark in it? Um, I mean, sure. I mean, get like, your filthy paws off me, you dirty animal! <laughs> <laughs> it's what? always no, awesome no, when he goes what? back. 
you know, it's always awesome really when he goes to the future. Sorry. No, I was say it's always awesome when he goes to the future and there's just a monkey and a Lincoln statue. It's always a good time. <laughs> that ending made no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so Ross bad. <laughs> no fucking sense. What there's no world that that ending makes any sense at all. So that's one of the things that you like about about Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes was when it ended. Oh no! Oh, My yeah. favorite parts when the when the two the monkey and the man kiss is is just amazing. <laughs> Good times. Helen Bar- uh <laughs> Nick fantasizes about that. Helena Bonham Bonham. Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Yeah. Tim Burton's ex wife. Are they? Are they not married I didn't anymore? know that. I thought they were yeah, they got divorced like like four like five or six years ago. Damn. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm behind the times. Yeah. Me too. Anyways, a monkey and a guy kissed in that movie, so we'll just leave it at that. But no monkey and no guy kissed in Rance McGrew. It just no, kind of no, the no. opposite of that, really. Yeah, it's just uh, I just like okay, all this is happening, and then the guy playing Billy the Kid comes in. No, and then he's oh, like Jesse James. Jesse I'm James. sorry, the guy playing Jesse James comes in, and they have their moment, and then. Jesse's like, okay, we're okay. The director's like, we're doing this scene, you know. And Rance is like, oh, I want to shoot him in the back, blah blah blah. And Jesse James is like, no, we're not doing that, or not, we're not, we're not doing that. It's like that doesn't make any sense. Why would Jesse James just let a guy shoot him in the back? It just no, it was it the other shows... way. He wanted Jesse James to shoot him in the back. I yeah. think. Well, no, I'm about he wanted him to try to shoot him in the back. Yeah. And he said I thought Jesse, Jesse James, James was, was going to be there. killed by Rance by shooting he was. Him in the back. He wanted him. He wanted Jesse James. He thought Jesse James was out. He wanted Jesse, the director, or Rancy, Rance, whatever, wanted uh, uh, the Jesse James character to get up and try and shoot him in the back, and then he would turn and pow, 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 take him out. Right. And the guy was saying Jesse James would never shoot somebody in the back. Yeah, I like as I did my research on this. I'm like, I know you did. It's just like it just shows you how Rance is just kind of he thinks he's like hot shit because he won two Emmys. He thinks he's important. We'll this guy playing Jesse he's... James is like a method actor. He's like, I researched this yeah. this part. Uh, <laughs> I like his I like his pencil mustache. It's like a little pencil mustache. It's just it's like a, a Van Cleef. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. is. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's you know, like the hunt. It's not going to be the perfect episode. It's just it's not like you know something that a lot of people are going to remember just on the simple fact. It's just it's an episode that you know you like when you watch a, a marathon more than anything and you know it's I put this a, in the neighborhood of most unusual camera and mighty Casey. yeah yeah oh yeah which is not a bad it's thing a I'm not, that's not a, a, a i'm not detracting from it it's just i think it was that kind of comedic goofy episode enjoyable right yeah and then once again like you know they do their thing and then all of a sudden you know they switch over right before I think before the act break, they switch over everything. Everybody disappears. Every, all the, all the real life cowboys and stuff like that, the real building, the real bartender come in and, you know, it becomes an episode about yeah you know, fourth wall breaking. It's literally a fourth wall, you know, winking at the camera, like the rest of the episode where once he goes into what is the twilight zone or the real Western setting, he, taste the the whiskey he's like what the hell is this that's supposed to be ginger ale but i like i like that like i I like those transitions these are the type of episodes where i enjoy because they put them into a scenario where they're out of their depths and they they're put in a scenario where they're put in their place and you know jesse james who's played by arch johnson is this gigantic ass person you know because they always play like the the bad guy or the the villain is usually not tall but like you know the the real life person may have been a lot taller a lot more 
you know, rough and tumble. And I, I don't know. I mean, the whole rest of the episode is just Jesse James, like putting Rance in his place and talking about how, you know, the guy's basically up in whatever realm or whatever, you know, Billy the Kid or whoever else or, you know, watching. They don't understand and don't agree with how Rance is treating them. But yeah, well, I him. mean, what do you? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Like, what do you think about the kind of the wink and the nod at the camera? Like the, you know, the kind of fourth wall breaking a little bit with Jesse James and how he kind of knows who Rance is and how they kind of play it off. Like, you know, this is kind of like an alternate reality, but not real type of thing. I think it's pretty cool, but I don't know what you guys think. I I really like the fact that like, you've got like the actor that was like the person playing the actor that was playing Jesse uh, James in the first half of the episode was quite a lot shorter than Rance. And then you get right. like, like quote, actual uh, Jesse James and he like towers over him. And it kind of shows like, it puts him in a spot, like everything about him shrinks, you know, even like the hat that he's got on seems like it's too big for his head at that point. Like the, right. like he loses his swagger. He loses like all of the things that made him the big Hollywood actor because he was taken out of the star role and put into this, okay, look, you're actually in the old West. We're going to kick your ass. If you know, we're, we're going to have a shootout. And he's like, Oh, you're so mild tempered. You know, you, you don't seem like a badass at all. Basically. I mean, look, the real question I have is like, what do you think about the idea of like, though this looks like the old West is not really the old West. It's kind of like a imaginary retelling of the old West where Jesse James knows who Rance is in real life he knows all the stories he's seen it's almost like if you went into your own mind and you had your big fears come out of you like what do you guys think about that kind of stuff because it's it's not it's more of like a i I don't even know if you want to call fourth wall breaking but it's more of like you know i don't know the best way to put it but do you know you know what i'm saying yeah it's kind of like uh it's one not not the premise of it's a wonderful life but like um, Jesse James kind of becomes like a Clarence character where he understands and knows everything that has happened and he knows all the people above and below and all that stuff. So that, that was the way I took it. I like that aspect yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. I thought at first that they were going to do just like where he was transported to back in time or something like that. But then when I realized that, okay, this guy actually knows who he is. He knows that this this guy was an actor. He He's aware of everything. I, I like that. Because usually in these types of episodes what I referenced earlier about how, oh, we've had episodes like this before where somebody will be in one place. Like we've had specifically where a guy was making, I think he was making a TV show, wasn't he? Or or no, he was in real life. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it becomes show. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or vice but versa. They're, like everybody's not self-aware. Like the Jesse James yeah. is like self-aware, that type of thing. Yeah, we've had a lot of them where they've jumped from, and sometimes it's a TV show to real or, or to real to TV show or just somebody's in a time and then they drink something or do something and then they're in another time. So it's always like, Oh, whenever they go there, people don't realize that they're who they are. So I liked how this one kind of like said, no, he knows it. This guy's like a, I guess a ghost or something. That's what it seems like. <laughs> but the, he seems like into like this alternate dimension reality or place or something. Uh, dimension X. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Prang shows up. Uh, yeah. Right. You're a weird yeah. guy. Ace. That's why we like you. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some funny bits. I love the idea of like, you know, he's giving me, give me two bottles of whiskey and like, um, he, he, tries, to- <laughs> he, he, he tries to grab it, but, uh, they give uh, Jesse James a glass, but he's like, uh, Rance is like trying to open it, trying to break it. It just like bust open and stuff like that. And, <laughs> um, and then there's like the, 
the idea with the cigarette, like trying to wrap a, a cigarette. Back <laughs> yeah, that was good. My <laughs> favorite part was when he was sitting there and he was like, "You the where's the sheriff around here?" And he's like, "He went that way." <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> uh, the sheriff's what? The sheriff's near. Oh, the sheriff. No. And he takes uh, his thing. He's like, "Then why are you wearing this uh this star share or marshal?" And he's like, "Hey, where's the guy who loaned me this vest?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's actually what I got to ask you guys. Do you think uh, Larry Blyden or Rance McGrew, do you think he's taking this all in stride or do you think he should be a little more scared? Because he comes off like he's more a little bit more annoyed, but a little more like flustered than anything. I mean, oh, he's, I, he's I don't scared know he... shitless. I think he's trying to like keep it low key because he's seen enough of these Westerns where you don't draw attention to yourself. Right. But I, I think he knows. Weird. I think he gets yeah. His character couldn't have taken it like, like a real person. If this happened, they'd be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And he he couldn't do that because <laughs> it was supposed to be light, light and jovial. And I think he was. I think he played it well. I think that the way they played it for his character was good. It wasn't believable, but it wasn't supposed to be. Well, and right. for that time and place too, I don't think like you know anyone dealing with that in any other capacity would be having an existential crisis. But they didn't do that <laughs> in that time and place. Like, oh, you ended up here. Oh, well, shit. How did I end up here? Maybe I'll order a drink, you know. <laughs> and um, I mean, he—I mean, basically, Jesse James calls him a marshmallow, which I thought was pretty funny. I laughed when he said that. He's like, "What are you a marshmallow?" It just—it's—it's <laughs> it's good stuff. But I uh, think when he broke the glass, too, he just looks at me and goes, "Marshmallow." Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that an then, insult then, back then? I want to call somebody that marshmallow. I don't see why you couldn't. <laughs> I gotta look this up. Was marshmallow? I think it was probably just like calling someone yellow. Did they have marshmallows back then? In the fifties or in the eighteen hundreds? In the eighteen hundreds. I mean, I I don't. Actually, yeah, they've been around since like ancient times. Have they? Yeah, since uh, two thousand BCE, ancient Egyptian. Yeah, Uh, that's I was gonna say Egypt when they made them. It's a marsh. Isn't marshmallow a plant? Like, I think it's a plant. Marshmallows? No. Well, no, I think it's um because if I remember right. They're I mean, there from... may be a marshmallow plant, but it doesn't like grow marshmallow. Well, not the marshmallows that we're familiar with. I mean, clearly, clearly, um, oh, that's the that's the that's the DJ marshmallow. They're saying marshmallow is overrated. I'm like, marshmallow is not overrated. And I realized, oh yeah, that's right. A tall pink flower, European plant that grows in the blackish blackish marshes. The roots were formerly used to make marshmallows, and it's sometimes cultivated for medicinal use. Hmm. So there you go. I knew that. There's something new every day. Yes, you did. That's really cool. I did not know that. Have you guys seen the stuffed ones where there's like chocolate or caramel inside of them and you can use them to make s'mores? I have not. I um I mean the ones that have like um by puff, the ones that have actual chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go inject that inside of a marshmallow now. I think you should. <laughs> yeah, they sell them at the store. You can go find them at Wawa, I think. So well, they're kind of everywhere. Stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they probably have them at uh, Bucky's. So yeah, uh, Rance McGrew. He um, they decide they're going to duel, or he doesn't decide. Jesse James, yeah, he we're going to duel. He's like, we, I mean, great. we don't have to do it today. We can do it another time <laughs> tomorrow. Afternoon? He's like, can we do it tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, tomorrow noon. He's like, because you know he's going to run, and now he's nope. We're going to do it. Uh, we're going to do it noon today. So we're going to do it right now. And uh, <laughs> he's like, you're going to go high- behind the building. And I'm going to go behind the building. And we're going to walk up to each other and draw and. He stays over it's... by the corner going. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> like looking at him. He's like, 
it's funny <laughs> the the best part the best part is like they they get real close to each other and of course jesse james is gonna pull faster because jesse james was a you know well, supposedly a good gunman and stuff like that and then rance mcgrew rance mcgrew is like he's like digging into it he can't pull that shit out he's like falling backwards because they're counting to five and he gets on his knees and you know mr ed pops up and goes oh. he's like, <laughs> that was hilarious that that was so oh. random <laughs> And then at some point, the life. horse goes. Ooh. He's like, please, <laughs> Mr. James, please don't shoot me. Please don't. He's got a gun in. Please, please, please don't. <laughs> he keeps just like one finger moving the gun out of the way. I'll do anything for you. Anything you want. <laughs> I just like how the horse just puts his head on the post. He's like, oh, you stupid son of a bitch. He's like, failing everyone. That horse is like, bitch fun. goes down. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I like how they're like, all right. We'll we'll make that deal and like you know we'll uh make you gotta make sure blah 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 that you don't you know you treat the everyone in heaven per, or treat all the gunslingers or whatever perfectly and well at that point he know, wasn't sure what he wanted he said well I have to think about what I want in oh yeah yeah, for, yeah yeah but he figured it out pretty quick he did yeah and that's that's the part I remember really vividly because he goes back to the the normal on the set of whatever western town they're in and you know uh the guy comes up he's like oh your your manager's outside your your agent your agent my agent yep yeah he's like my agent he walks out there and it's uh jesse james and like the, the 60s <laughs> hawaiian shirt and <laughs> pants and it, it basically like i just kind of love i love this ending because he's like you know what you're gonna do you're gonna go in there and you're gonna you know jesse james is gonna be on the ground he's gonna be bleeding He's gonna knock you out the window. He's like, knock me out the window. He's like, you you want me? You want to go back to the time when uh we <laughs> were at the gunfight? And he's like, uh, I guess. He goes in there and he's like, uh, I have some, I have something that will make the show better. And then gets knocked out the window. It's like, <laughs> it's great because I I love it because it doesn't go past that outside of them getting in the car, but you know it's gonna continue where he's gonna he's just gonna get he's gonna become the stuntman where he's just gonna get beat up and more beat up and. He's gonna look like the fool through the rest of his life, and he's always gonna be, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of very, it's actually kind of dark and kind of uh, one of those situations where he's in hell again, where he's never gonna be able to get out of this scenario unless he quits acting. And I, I don't know what you guys think about that. I love the drive away. They he just picks him up, puts him in the car, and they just like spin out like a fucking <laughs> Fast and the Furious movie. I love that they <laughs> they were like really like making it like a movie or a TV show set for the first half. And it's like, yeah, they had the stuntmen, they had like all the lights and they had all the stuff you would and like they'd stop and like cut and all this. Yeah. Stuff. But then when he gets thrown out the window, he just walks in and the guy's like, all right, well, let's shoot it. And he's like, he just flies out of a fucking window, like no pad, no nothing, no breakaway window. They just throw this guy through a fucking window. <laughs> he's like, good so job. Awesome. And then he just gets in the car and leaves. It's like, well, that's he, the best part. Yeah, he just, this fast and furious style. I was like, they spin around and fucking drive off. I guess they had like a B camera or something outside, like filming the actual window. They just knew. I mean, I know that they're not, <laughs> it's not supposed to be thought of like that deep into, but it's an angel crew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Billy the Kid is directing. Amelia West. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, you know what it is, Jacob? It's it's a little, uh, little man in the cloud holding the camera, you know, as he's floating. From Super Mario 64? Nice. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, or uh, Mario Kart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like, what what's kind of great about this episode is it's it takes place on a set, so they're using the actual, I'm assuming they're using the actual equipment 
from the, the from their show, like the Twilight Zone show. But then you imagine like they have like one f- camera over here that they're not using, but they're also using all this other equipment. It's like I'm assuming the set was like either really crowded or I, I don't know. It's just kind of a great way to use like your equipment in like kind of a neat effect. I mean, well, you've seen it in like movies and TV shows before, but you didn't have to worry I about mean, if like somebody walked into the scene or something from the crew. It's just like, yeah, makes sense. It works. <laughs> there's a boom like, or something, right? and just be it's like, like yeah, it works. <laughs> It's like Spaceballs where there's like the, when um uh, Darth Helmet and uh, Lone Star are fighting uh, yeah, with the, the set, lightsabers. Goes, ah! and like, <laughs> it's like, sorry, uh, sorry. It's his fault. <laughs> exactly. He did it. Uh, <laughs> or there's like the Monty Python one where there's like uh, the Flying Circus sketch where they're like they're on they're like they're being filmed by someone and they're like who's filming you? And then they, like there's another one and then I think there was a fourth one as well. And like, gosh, ah, we're on film. <laughs> <laughs> filmception yep exactly oh there was i can't remember what i don't know if it was um oh it was uhf when they're when they're doing the the beverly hillbilly song and uh weird al staring at a camera that pans over to another camera and he's just like he's like trying to stare at which camera he's, he just shakes the camera <laughs> oh man but i mean yeah i mean that's the episode it's not a very complex episode it's a guy getting his comeuppance and having to live with a fear of retaliation from the, the greatest lawmen or not greatest greatest villains of the you know western era and stuff like that and it uses very disappointed that jesse james wasn't on a motorcycle though so <laughs> very unreal <laughs> well maybe in the sequel they'll do it yeah i needed to see him on a motorcycle with sandra bullock on the back probably yeah a chopper <laughs> i'm sorry not a motorcycle a chopper yeah i was gonna say man jeez get to the chopper get your shit straight yeah i'm sorry you should be. This episode, this podcast is over because we can't get our ship straight. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, that's me all Maybe. the time. Have I ever had anything straight? <laughs> I don't know. You lived <laughs> in the cornfield for a week, so. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was in the cornfield for like three we- or two and a half weeks, so. No, I'm sorry. And I'm still just as weird, corny and uh, stocky. Yes. And silky and kernelian. Full of butter. Okay, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> put it away. <laughs> I'm happy for those that can, but that's not why I was off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know. I was fucking off, man. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the comment where somebody like legit accuses us of being like. I'm so proud of this show and Triv's bravery. (laughs) (laughs) Well, someone's going to be awfully disappointed because Triv before and Triv after (laughs) are not terribly different. That takes about that takes about a season for the difference to happen. Oh, when you become you've grown. <laughs> and when what Luke will Skywalker have grown, Nick? Tell converters. me, tell me what what will have grown. When, when Luke and the joys come for the harvest. <sighs> mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, anyway, so this, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so so basically, he's gonna be haunted by the the uh, gunslingers of the West for the rest of his life until he quits and. Ends up being dead in the hell, and you know because he turned into a gangster because he can't handle it anymore. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean that's the episode. Like, any, any like, you know, do you guys anything else you wanted to talk about in the episode? Any comments, concerns, uh, donations, uh, corny lim- jokes, dirty limericks. I mean, you know, I, I for the sex con, I think you got to add take the shine off your pants. Well, it's been a while since I opened the sex con. Let's open her up here. <laughs> And what was the one, one last week? I don't remember. Uh, I did, did we? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember yesterday. So, <laughs> what was so the, the thing hunt, in the? There's a lot of good good stuff in the hunt, but the last thing I have is Bandy Lake Buzzard. Hang on, let me let me look back at my notes here. What did, what was it? Shining three thousand. Uh, take the shine off your pants. pants? Oh, yeah. A three thousand buck a week funny baloney. It's in there. <laughs> Can you feel it? Can you feel that shine you in your it? pants? Okay, um, so we've got up yonder a piece. Old woman gives us Hail Columbia, which is um quite a harsh like uh like yelling and stuff like you know of course marshmallow. Is this last week's or this week? Um I'm just talking about uh the hunt. I went back and checked my notes. I mean I can tell you I can tell you this right now, uh Brother Simpson was not a marshmallow. No, he wasn't. Oh. He was kind of the opposite of that. James would have been proud of. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been slacking on season three. I know. Well, I don't think there's I been as think... many like sexicon phrases though, too. I just well, slacking. I think also um, got yeah, like Dan Adams hasn't shown up, so it might throw us off for uh, off for. Well, I think at this point, thing. Nan Adams is the car in this. I mean, who else would, you know, she would want to be owned by a guy called Nudie Cohen. He's his Uber driver. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's Uber driver. <laughs> Pea green shave tail, bandy leg buzzard. Take your shine off your pants. Take the shine off your pants. Up yonder a piece and marshmallow. <laughs> nice. You could also say um, there. that there's there's uh, one other one from the hunt that's uh, the old lady will give us hail Columbia, which is like a really severe, like yelling and stuff. Burn! Oh, hail Columbia! It's also a song, but in this context, it's like a a harsh like thrashing. Hail, like like hail, Columbia like hail, or... hail the chief. Well, like H A I L. I'm glad you went with chief instead of something else. Hail. <laughs> was there was there uh, mechanical <laughs> creatures in Colombia? Was there uh, a prophet? I don't think so. Was it up in the air? I mean, I don't think so. Was it the, was it the third in a game series? No. There was a pony, but we don't talk about him. A pony? pony. What? I'm a lost. Pony. What is happening here? He's she's just listing <laughs> off random shit, so I'm listing off random shit. No, I'm not. I figured Jacob really? would get my get my joke. We, apparently, he doesn't. I feel like I missed I part said, of it. I said, "Up in the air, mechanical creatures, a prophet, third game in a series." Or uh, like, oh, is this some shock infinite? Yeah, Columbia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, guys are such yeah. nerds. You know that. Actually, uh, I don't know <laughs> you remember the time when Jesse James showed up in the Twilight Zone? Oh, for Can you please Christ tell us about that, Rod? Sake. Anyways, you guys have anything else you want to say on this Nerds. episode? Anything you want to bring up? <laughs> now that we've completely lost lost <laughs> thought and provocation for this is like the most off the rails episode we've done in a while. So, are you kidding? This is like the last, like every episode is the most off the rails in that we've had in a while. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure we're talking about like things like this episode is gonna be like the most difficult episode i've ever edited because i'm just gonna leave it all in you i'm leaving need... it in fuck it <laughs> we'll do it, it live fuck it we'll do it live exactly so i look for the rankings list for this episode yeah uh, no, but like, no but in all, in all honesty do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with this episode i'm not touching anybody's pants to take the shine off of them you can do that yourself i thought yeah. it was pretty <laughs> yeah good. i agree i mean it was it yeah. was not like i said in the beginning at the top, it was not like top ten, top tier Twilight Zone, but it was a really—I mean, it was an enjoyable time. 
was an enjoyable little episode. I, I remember thinking that as soon as we, or as soon as I got done watching it, I was like, yeah, that was, that was, that was nice. It was enjoyable. I, I enjoyed my time with that. It's kind of a, it's a, it's not in the same way a palate cleanser as the hunt, but it is still kind of a palate cleanser. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an episode where I don't think you'll be offended by watching it. I think you'll have fun watching it. You might not learn anything from watching it outside. Just don't piss off Jesse James and his cohorts <laughs> of the, the afterlife. But oh, and don't break glasses. Don't break mirrors or learn how to break a bottle. And uh, yeah, roll a more so don't learn how to break a yeah, bottle man. properly. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to end up with a gullet full of glass and nobody wants that. Yeah, a gullet yeah, full of glass. Use a gullet hand. full of glass. Also, I do think that um, the one lesson that you could take away from this is if you are in the 60s or the early 60s, uh, starring in a Western um, involving a guy named uh, Rance McGrew, uh, definitely don't talk badly about any particular uh, guys of the Old West. Otherwise, you will end up in places you really don't want to be. Don't exactly. speak ill of sold... any of those rough and wooly nail eating. <laughs> what do we say? Phony balonies? No, that's what they called yeah, like Rance McGrew. Baloney. Yeah, he's the three K a week uh, phony baloney. Which I bet you there was some some little old lady who was like, "Oh my god, the language, phony and baloney in the same sentence." Oh my god! Oh my god! Like OMG, Mr. Sterling, you said phony baloney never. in the same letter writing campaign now. <laughs> I'm telling you, his yeah. junk is fake. <laughs> he's got more junk in the trunk than the average Liza. Yep. He's Italian is what I'm saying. His did, he, did, he, did, he, did he get uh, sit on a, a golf cart and almost collapse the golf cart? Is that what happened? I don't think. I mean, he's not that heavy. Wow. You, you guys. don't know the truth. He's been waiting for the right moment. <laughs> appropriate. Exactly. All right, Jacob. Here's up with the closing narration. Oh, yes, of course. And I was already on it. I'm not scrolling down to it. Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> the evolution of the so-called adult Western and the metamorphosis of one Rance McGraw, formerly phony baloney, now upright citizen with the preoccupation with all things involving tradition, truth, and cowpoke predecessors. It's the way the cookie crumbles and the six gun shoots in the Twilight Zone. Oh, I do have one other thing. Did you guys watch all the way to the end? Like all the way to the end. When he talked about next week? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the the big announcement at the very end there? I did. So he just talked about next week the kick the can. Okay, so at the very so after that, after he got done with that, he continues on, at least on my my copy. Um he talks about like he no longer talks about Oasis cigarettes and and the smooth or the softest flavor. He now has I think it's Chesterton's or Chesterfield's whatever that cigarette is and it's got 21 different tobaccos for 20 different smooth flavors or something like that. Really? So our boy I has updated right after... our boy has updated his taste in cigarettes. I turned Yeah, it apparently the, right the, the show part. started making money so he could afford actual cigarettes now. <laughs> was it after the credits no no it's so it's it's part of that like that like next oh, yeah, week's thing it's that. at the very end of that i was watching it on paramount plus okay this he is on the dvd that. he says kick the can co-stars mr yeah and then it just fades to black and goes nee, 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 nee. now he does the whole spiel for whatever chesterfields or chester i think it's chesterfields um he's like i need more cigarettes chester and more cigarettes 
It's like, why am I more wacky to wacky? With Chesterfields. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jacob's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah, so there you go. That is uh, season three, episode 20. Showdown with Ron, uh, Rance McGrew. Okay. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yep. So with that said, uh, the chat for uh, that I put the uh, rankings list for you guys is going to be three pages long here soon because apparently it only <laughs> goes up to 44 <laughs> names or whatever. So, um, yeah, good times. Have by none. Woo! <laughs> um, but yeah, the Twilight Zone ranking list, the greatest ranking list ever because we said so. We deem it. If not, Jesse James and Ross Sterling will come down and kick your ass and then make Hooray. you read it. Make you re-rank the list because Jacob wanted it to. As long as we got oh, one, yeah. one, as long one as episode a, out of there. Yeah, just there's just one that needs to be re-ranked. Everything else is solid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, See, I don't believe that. Like every time we go into the list, it, you guys are like, "Well, and I am too." Oh well, why is that so low? That should really be higher. Oh, why is that so high? It needs to be lower. So don't give you me that. Or, you know, true, part you know of me we don't think for week to week. Part of me wants to say, like, at the end, we should go through and tweak it. But I think that kind of, like, defeats the purpose of ranking them week to week. <laughs> so, oh, agreed. Probably not. But except for... The, I mean, when we go back the and re-rank the re dream, that one should be yeah. re-ranked. <laughs> I say that because I wasn't there for that one. So I feel as if it would have worked out differently had I been there. Well, in, awesome. in 60 years, Jacob, we'll go back and redo it all. And I think that the 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 um our viewers are going to demand that we redo that one as much as we talk about it. I'm pretty sure we have said the title "Perchance the Dream" more than any other Twilight Zone title ever. I'm not going to disagree gonna with you on that point. Demand it. So I mean, all five of viewers? our non five non bot viewers. But you know, four out of five. was <laughs> 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 demanded. Four out of five. <laughs> And three of those Colgate. are Jacob's alt. Uh, I only have two. Yeah, alt. I was wondering who was asking me to. <laughs> yeah, you and two others. Three to dream out of five. <laughs> one was like, give me my perchance. The other one's give me my dream. Uh, the other one's give me my two in order. Put them in order. And then rank them down the list. The fourth Drive. person was like, I don't give a shit. It's too short. <laughs> what I would find funny is if we, we, all this shit talk that I've done and that we've talked about this episode perchance to dream if you guys ever were like yeah let's do it let's let's re-rank it let's let's or let's let's redo the episode because i wouldn't it's be number one <laughs> and we did it is <laughs> yeah, number one or even weirder if i watch it and i'm like you know i really appreciate this episode now it's a great one <laughs> here that wouldn't at happen. the end of all things <laughs> no i'm actually curious if we went back and watched like you know, if some of these episodes, like the first few episodes, if we would put them higher or lower or, you know. Well, and I'm it's curious. so hard. It's so hard with that because, like, I feel like, you know, when we pick a space to put that episode, it seems right within that group. But then you rank it against the entire list. And it's like, well, why is that higher? Why is that lower? When you have that many, I don't know if you can do that and put it, give it justice as to where it really should be in the grand scheme of ranking. You know? Yeah. It's like this episode. Like, like, where is Rance everybody? McGrew, like, yeah, where's everybody's always? Like, like where would you put bottom. that? Yeah, but where would you put that? Like, it's such a, it's a very first episode out the gate. We've seen where Twilight Zone has gone in order, in a crit- critical sense. You know, how would you even begin to 
say where it should go. You can't because that's why it's subjective, Triv. Oh, subjective. I, I don't know, but I, I could tell you where Perjance the Dream would go. Up your ass. Oh, <laughs> I mean, up your ass. Tri- 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 You're the one who put Tri- it there. Uh, you know what? Piss off. Screw you. Triv's perchance is to put it up everyone's ass. Oh, I'm a dream. Can, yeah, it's my perchance <laughs> dream. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, with that said, showdown with Rance McGrew. Um, you, you, number four. Unusual camera. Uh, number thirty-one is much unusual camera. I, I don't know if I'm putting that high. Maybe above uh, prime. Mover. I don't know, Triv. Did you you you're the uh, connoisseur of the goof and with our episodes here? Did did you? Per, I know you love most unusual camera, and I really like it too. And I I kind of lumped this one in that type of category in that area. Yeah. Not necessarily on the ranking, but just in that type of episode. Right. Do you think, totally. did you like this one more or less than Most Unusual Camera? Most Unusual Camera is such a unique, and not to say this one obviously has points of uniqueness too, but I think Most Unusual Camera is so, as the title says, very unusual. I, I don't think it hits quite that level. Um, I did get a lot of vibes of like uh, a nice place, like, or not in a nice place, is it? Um, what's the one where the like you guys mentioned it where the actor goes into the other world? It's the world of his own difference. A world, world of, of difference. World difference. Was it a world of difference? I could yeah. see putting it around there. And that one was less comedic, I think. It yeah. was just kind of a out there in that same, you know, it has connections to this one. I mean, I think um, it could go between like thirty I, I would say between thirty one and thirty six, honestly, because I don't think it was better than most unusual camera. I don't either. Yeah, I think I think the hunt was better than this episode, but I think the yeah this episode it just has charm to it that yeah. It, See, and for me, like I would, I would, I would watch this and the hunt over a quality of mercy again, just based on the kind of episode that it is. Not to not to downplay quality of mercy, but uh, it's yeah. quality of mercy is in that same uh, that same genre, not the comedy part, but the whole somebody's in like, one place and then yeah. flips to another place kind of situation. And that's a lot of Twilight Zone stuff generally, though, too, is to kind yeah. of, you know, walk a mile in my shoes, only not dead man's shoes, because that was kind of lame. Um, I liked it more than Odyssey of Flight 33. A nice place to visit. I don't. Which one was that? A nice place to visit was um the that's hell the other one. one with Larry Blyden. That was the one where he as uh, a gangster. He ends up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one had a little bit of goof to it. Very um, much. More so ironic goof than anything. Uh, but actually, I think that. World of difference, yeah. I'm I'm with Triv. I'm I'm around in that area. That 37. I think I. Well, here's the real question: Is this episode better than Long Distance Calling Two? Oh, not even a question for me, at least. Is it better in quality of mercy? So we're basically saying it's like in that area, like hunt quality. Of mercy I would too. say making making this one 33, 34, or 35. I don't think it's better than the hunt and quality of mercy, but I could go with. 34 i think i could see it being better than two and oh long distance call i hated that episode i hate it <laughs> a terrible execution I say that frequently but um you just keep wanting okay. that kid to watch the kid drown that's what it is <laughs> i think it uh taking long distance call out of the equation yeah i could see it in that area right there that 34 to 36 i'm really cool with whatever in there yeah i'm good with 34 Right below quality of mercy, or in between quality of mercy and two. Quality of mercy. I, I'm good with whatever. I think are this you, one was better than you? more engaging than two. 
Yeah. I like two, but two is very subdued and low key. And I think this one was a little bit more engaging. So yeah, I would go with 34. I feel, like, I feel like Lance McGrew is, is like, it should be like a character in like an animated series. <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, that's fine. Like I said, there's, you could put it above quality of mercy. You could put it below quality of mercy. It's definitely better than two. It's definitely better than long distance call. World difference. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we went I mean, a little bit higher. That's doesn't fine, have any shirtless I, Charles Bronson's in it, but yeah. And we all know how much well, that automatically loves makes that. it go to like number 85. So, <laughs> Although I, I was looking up and again, I know we don't, it's one of those things where you don't want to become reliant on other lists, but I know with, with Pace Magazine, they they put it at 96 out of one. Oh. So it's like literally like in the dead middle of everything. Well, not in the dead middle, but like lower. I mean, we're this episode will be higher than the dead middle, I'm assuming. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we, unless we a bunch have of stuff like, comes you know, along and jumps sub 30 or uh, yeah, sub 30. Yeah. They might get pushed out to there. Sub I don't think that's going to be season four from what I hear. Well, and I, I think there's some good stuff in season four. It's just it gets a bad rap because there are episodes and there are some real stinkers. Like I said, the they, the 30 like Fathom Graves or whatever it's called. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think that'll work. I think I'm not going to complain for now until next uh-huh. week. I yeah. complain about the whole list again. Uh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. with that what are we said, doing? 34? 34. Yeah, 34. So new ah. number 30. <laughs> 34, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so, Whoa. <laughs> let me disappear. <laughs> no. Uh, so new number thirty-four showdown with showdown. Uh, new number thirty-four showdown <laughs> with Rance McGrew. Uh, number one still I the Beholder. Number eighty-five Trouble with Templeton. Next episode show we'll see where it ranks. It's probably a top twenty episode. Uh, of course is the very um, heartfelt kick the can episode, season three, episode twenty-one. You might Does remember that mean this that- the twi- does that mean since we're reviewing this one that this year for what was it Christmas last year that holiday season we're gonna do the uh, kick the cam from the movie? I mean, if we want to get it out of the way, we'd be more than happy to. <laughs> I, I, I remember I, that I, one. Anything to get rid of that, that episode great. of the movie. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the kick too. the can you might remember from the Spielberg uh, adaptation from the movie uh, with uh, Scatman Crothers. That's a, you know, uh, Scatman and Crothers rocked the house, but everything else was kind of a giant oof, you know. A, it was when I was a kid, I thought it was like, what is this cocoon? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of. Yeah, I mean, cocoon was produced by Spielberg, so I mean, there you go. Ron Howard and Ron Howard directed. Did Ron Howard direct that? Cocoon? I could be wrong there. Uh, yeah, I think Don uh, Don Amici won an Oscar for that movie. He did. He did. Somebody, yeah, somebody did. I remember that. So, yes, the next episode is Kick the Can, Season 3, Episode 21, directed by Lamont Johnson, written by George Clayton Johnson. A lot of Johnsons in this episode. Uh, <laughs> right? Stars Ernest, Tru- uh, Ernest Truex, Russell Collins, John Marley, and Butt Mustin. Butt Mustin. Burt Mustin. Butt- <laughs> Did you say Butt Mustin? <laughs> Butt Mustin Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Butt, Butt Mustin. Mustin. <laughs> I mean, it was the Bust. '60s, so you don't know. You don't know. True. Bustin' um, butt. <laughs> Bustin' <laughs> butt. Uh, anyways, so we'll look forward to that episode. Should be a lot of fun. But with that said, we're heading out. We're ending this McGrew episode. Uh, it's not like I edited it just a few minutes ago, like uh, forty-five minutes conversation and stuff. But uh, trip, Jacob. As always, fun times. Uh, Jacob, yeah, I think you're ready to talk your channel because you have a new video that posted as this for you that we 
I can't talk. <laughs> As of this recording, <laughs> thank you. Butt Mustin, butt Mustin's got me too much butt Mustin going on. <laughs> it's late, people. Uh, no, you have content. You just posted a new video. Where's that at? It's over on the Retro JKXY YouTube channel. Check out my new series about the five-part series about the Nintendo 64. New part releases every Friday at 12 noon uh, Central Time, whatever time that is where you reside. And at the end, the big long video will come out. And yeah. And then after that, uh, go check that out. Uh, we ju I just released, as of the release of this video a few days ago, right? Yeah. Um, the second yes. part. And this yeah, coming yes. Friday, if you're watching this on the day this releases, the third part about the, uh, what is the third part? The reception of the Nintendo 64, the third mm -hmm. part of the series. So check that out, if you would. And yeah, that's that's it. More coming soon. Hooray. Excellent. Now, and Trev, they're excellent videos, so make sure to give them some love. Thank you. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Now, Triv, I know you're still growing out in the cornfield. You oh, You God. came in for just a few minutes to talk to us on this on this episode <laughs> but uh when you're not in the cornfield growing where's your content at uh it's in my theater so it's so like troll? <laughs> is, no, is the theater can... becoming like troll no hopefully not that would be very weird if it was i spent far too much time building it for it to happen this early on uh no you can find me here on youtube at trivial theater um the last thing i did was a collab with this crazy guy next to me uh we did meet the feebles it was a fantastically fun time. Definitely show it some love, uh, especially the cow uh, cockroach porn scene, which was kind of a shocker. Anyway, um, <laughs> hopefully in the next week or so, I'll have another video dropping. Uh, it's on a classic piece called Blood Theater done by the guy that did Hobgoblins. So if you know the MST story of that, then you'll know this movie. But anyway, that tells you about the quality that you're about to see. Yes. Watch these two's videos. Watch these youths as they discover things about their stuff. Well, and watch this guy too. Uh, yeah, he... If you're on this channel, definitely sub and check out his stuff because he's got a lot of great stuff. Uh, the subscribe okay. button. Yes. Yeah. And the bell notification <laughs> to be made aware of when we drop or he drops new content. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And some of that content you may like. Most of it you're probably yelling at me about. Josh. It. Um <laughs> But also, this podcast is on audio feeds like Anchor, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, all that good stuff. Please rate, subscribe, definitely check it out. It's a, uh, I think we sound better on podcasts than we do in the video for some reason. I think that's the compression. I don't know, but it's weird how that plays out. Um, but anyways, with that said, we're going to head out back into the Twilight Zone. We're gonna find Jesse James and write new content uh, as we see fit. Uh, but for myself, Jacob and Triv. We'll see you guys next time in the Twilight Zone. Peace out, motherfucker.